Hello, I'm Charlotte Pickles, Managing Editor here at Unheard. Welcome to this 15-minute podcast in which economist and unheard columnist Liam Halligan interviews Housing, Communities and Local Government Secretary Sajid Javid. The interview is part of our series Home Truths, which examines the UK housing crisis from top to bottom. Please do check out Liam's six-part analysis and recommendations at unheard.com. And remember to subscribe to the Unheard podcast. Enjoy listening. Secretary of State, very nice to see you. Thank you for seeing me and doing this podcast for Unheard. Um, you have really staked your political reputation on getting Britain building again. How do you think it's going? Well, I think uh, there's been some considerable progress in recent years, and the best evidence I have of that is the the latest uh, net additions, net housing additions number for last year, which was at 217,000, still nowhere near where it needs to be, by the way, but still the highest in all but one of the last 30 years. And so good progress, but a lot, lot more to do. So we need to be nearer 250,000 net additions a year. Actually, maybe, more, more maybe than that. 300, more 000. than that. We've, we've set out, we've been quite clear that we need to be uh, hitting at least 300,000. And we believe we can get there by the middle of the next decade. So clearly, we need to be on a strong trajectory upwards. But when we get to 300,000, we need to be able to sustain that as a country. Because at the end of the day, you, you get lots of pundits to say this is the problem, that's the problem. At the end of the day, this is a supply-side problem. We need to make sure that supply meets demand. It hasn't in the past. That's why we have some of the houses, some of the highest uh, house prices in the world relative to earnings, and we need to change that by increasing supply. Clearly, more houses are being built, but that 217,000 number, that's not new builds, is it? That includes so-called net additions, conversions of shops, conversions of old buildings, houses into numbers of flats. Uh, that's been a big slug of the increase, hasn't it? And that, that kind, those kind of conversions can't go on forever. Well, it does. I think approximately sort of 10 to 15 percent of that number is uh, net additions from conversions. And uh, first of all, you know, that is an important part of supply. You know, if someone, if, if something was previously an office block and now it's turned into uh, a home that someone can uh, you know, live in, and then that's, and don't, you know, don't tell that person that's not a home. It's a real home. And so that's valuable. But you're right in the sense that your know, conversions will only last uh, you know, a, a limited time. And who knows what that is? You know, we're actually making it easier to have further conversions. So um, some of the flats above shops to convert those some of the out-of-town shopping centres. Uh, but you know, the, 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 we're not going to solve this problem by just focusing on conversions. That's an important part of it. The, uh, the bottom line is we need to make sure that there's more land being released in the right places so we can build more of those homes. We need to do a much better job, for example, also with density as well. If you take London, our great capital, it's about half the density of what you might find in, say, Paris or Berlin. And so we need to make much better use of the space we've already got as well. When we last consistently built 250-odd thousand homes a year. Uh, the Barker Review in 2004 identified that as the number we need. And also we need to build more now to address the backlog over many years and decades mm. under all parties. But when we last built that many homes consistently a year, back in the 1980s, small firms were building between a half and two-thirds of them. Mm. In your white paper back in February uh, 2017, we need to fix the broken housing yep. market, there was an incredible graph that showed that firms 
producing less than 100 units a year, the small local builders, you know, serious yeah. people with vans and, mm. and, and lots of infrastructure employing lots of people, they're producing only 12% of homes now. Surely that's a problem. It, it, the market is too concentrated. You know, we have uh, a market where you know, some 60, 70% of homes are being built by 10 large developers. Now, I want you know, those developers, I want everyone to do well, everyone to in the market, I want them all to build more homes. But part of the answer has to be that we need more of the small to medium-sized builders. And you know, these are builders that often, you know, they don't hang on to the land for long. As soon as they get hold of it, they, they want to the build out. Right? Yeah, they want to build as quickly as possible. Uh, and often they're sort of family-owned local builders so they know their local communities more. They might know what land is available, may be able to use it more efficiently. So there's lots of reasons. And when you look uh, in other European countries, for example, you'll certainly find in, in France and in Germany and Spain where they don't have a housing crisis like we do, uh, where there are many more of these builders. So the question is, what are we doing about it? So this is one big plank of the government's action. Uh, we've already set out just recently the new National Planning Policy Draft Code, which uh, I hope will come into the, it, it, it become effective from... Uh, the middle of this year, that sets out uh, how the planning system could work more to help these smaller builders with simplifying smaller, smaller it plots. at the local level, simplifying it, but also requiring for the first time all local authorities to have at least ten percent of the land that they identify in their local plan to be small plots that are designed specifically for the smaller builders. But will they be reserved for local builders? They'll, they'll be deserved, reserved for smaller builders. So right, these okay. are the kind of plots that will work only really for the smaller okay, builders, because okay. as you can imagine, they're not often looking for the two three thousand homes sure, they just want to build sure. the 20 to 100 homes or something the other thing that we've uh, done a lot of and it's uh, and our latest numbers have shown this has really helped is through the what's called the home building fund which is run by homes england it works uh, with these smaller builders encouraging them through for example through soft loans but also for uh, offering them land often public land uh, that so is already in the public sector but offering on license and that means the small builder doesn't have to come up with the cash for the land which is obviously the the big upfront costs, especially in the southeast uh, on day one, and they can build it. And once they've sold the homes, then they can pay for the land at that point. Okay. And that makes it much more flexible. And that's been a huge success. And lastly, we're working with the private lenders, with the, some of the big high street banks. Because the banks on, haven't been great at lending to well, small th builders, this is, that, that's, particularly that's, since 2008. That's right. Since the financial crisis, you know, there's clearly been a direct correlation between the lack of financing for the small guys uh, versus the, the number of them operating in the sector. And we're trying to change that uh, by working with the banks on what's called sort of the mezzanine financing yeah. and, and actually taking a stake in that financing and and then with encouraging the, the banks to lend more. Sort of writing letters of comfort, if you in, like. In, in effect, giving yeah. some kind of uh, you know, credit comfort yeah. to the banks so yeah. that they're willing to lend more. And that's working too. That said, you know, more needs to be done, but it's a lot of it is pushing in the right direction. Everyone knows the state has got a huge amount of land. We've talked in the past, Secretary of State, about how the state could make land available. The NHS has got a load of land. The MOD has got a load of land. Often it's out of the way. Quite often it's in city centres and would be fantastic to yeah. build. And yet in the white paper, I noticed uh, a register of local state land that should be ready for sale. That requirement was dropped. There was going to be a register um, uh, created at the local mm. level and yet it wasn't created. Surely we need to get on with that. Surely we need state land to be made available for smaller and medium-sized builders so they can help us build these homes. Yeah, well, actually, we need to do a lot more on public sector land. And, and frankly, over the over a number of years and the successive governments, there's been a lot of talk about this, but not enough action. 
And and I think what partly what's happened is that it, when you leave it to individual departments, you can sort of see why, you know, if your Department of Health, your priority isn't going to be housing. Why should it be? You know, you've got other big things. And if, if you're, you're the Treasury, your if priority you're, is getting absolutely the biggest amount of money well, for well, it, which means you delay the sale. Well, and if you're the Ministry of Defence, you might have some surplus land. Yeah. But you're again, you're not going to be thinking about housing day to day. And why should you? You've got so many other uh, real priorities. So what we have done now in government, and it should have happened earlier, but it's happening now, is that we now have a new interministerial group with the chaired by the Prime Minister herself that works with all the departments. And one of the big focuses is the public sector land to bring it all to the table to to make it available immediately to Homes England. So you might recall back in the um, the last uh, budget in November, the, the Chancellor talked about making Homes England much more muscular, giving a lot yeah. more people. We're hiring some 400 people, for example, professionals into the organization this year to actually work with the public sector wherever it is whether that's local authorities whether that's different government departments and bring a lot more of this land forward a lot more quickly and then also be a lot more creative about how it's offered including to the small and medium-sized builders so this work is going on i think it is going to make a big difference towards hitting the targets that we need to to get to um, and 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 frankly you know, it just makes a lot of sense will the state sometimes have to sell land not necessarily for the most money it can get in order to just get it off the books and get it used for... for well, we, we've been clear, and the Prime Minister has been absolutely clear on this, is that our number one domestic priority is housing. Mm. And that means uh, fighting on all fronts and every government department recognising that it has a role to play. We've obviously changed the name of the department where we're now sitting. Mm. It's the Department of Housing, Communities and Local... Ministry of. The Ministry of. Oh, traditionally it's yeah. a ministry, isn't it? <laughs> uh, even though the acronym's DHCLG. Anyway... No, 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 no. It's Mahoko Logo. Mahoko. Ministry of Housing, Communities and Local <laughs> Government. Sounds like a Mexican That's, nightclub. It sounds like some kind of Hawaiian greeting, Mahoko Logo. It's the kind of nightclub you hang out in, Liam. <laughs> Katanga, as Lenny yeah. Henry used <laughs> yeah. to say. Um, um, surely... There should be a cabinet minister that this is his or her sole focus. You have absolutely made this mm. your um, brand, if you like. Mm. Um, everyone knows you grew up above a shop in Rochdale. Mm. Housing is very important to you. The importance of immigrant communities lo- owning their own homes and taking a stake in society. The importance of young people owning their own homes mm. and having a stake in society. How about this was your sole job? Well, this is uh, this is my sole job. This is this is my job uh, today. And 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 uh, you you referred to some of the changes. I am the housing secretary, and uh, that is uh, for me. I feel it's is a that very... all you do now? Well, the department <laughs> the department the department is is vast, and we do a lot of other important things on communities, on local government, of course, as well. But uh, it's no secret that housing is what takes up most of my time, and that's what it should. And you know. When you, when you, when anyone decides to come into politics, you never, you, you want to improve things, you want to do, uh, make the country better, but you never quite know what your mission might be. And I feel that uh, I've ended up in a, in a position that feel very privileged and fortunate that this is, I think, one of the biggest challenges 
I think actually it's the biggest social challenge facing the country. There's an economic issue, of course, being able to afford to buy or rent a decent home. But socially, I think it's the biggest barrier to social progress in our country today is our high, our high house prices. And I, I it's going feel backwards. Yeah, kids can't uh, well, do what their parents did. Well, I, I feel well. There's, there's so many children today that as they get older, turn into young adults. They depend on the bank of mum and dad. You know, last year, according to the Council of Mortgage Lenders, they estimate almost fifty percent of all mortgage transactions only happened because of mum and dad. And think about that, and think about what that means for social two progress. Householding first, people back. Two thirds of first-time buyers in yeah. London and the southeast. Yeah. So, so it, what about if you yeah. haven't got a rich mum and dad? What about if you're not from a wealthy background? And you see other kids not working as hard as you, who didn't do as well at university, and they can buy the house and you can't. So you're spending far more of your income on rent to pay someone else's mortgage. It's no wonder people want to shake the system up, so vote for, for an alternative, right? It's, it's no wonder at all, and, uh, and that's why it, it's, we as a government uh, need to keep showing that we are doing everything that any government could reasonably can to deal with this challenge. It is... You know, whilst it's easy to define, I think most people would agree there's no there's no magic bullet. There's not one thing or one lever any government can pull that automatically solves it in a in a year or so. It will take time, but you need action on many fronts, and that's what you're getting uh, from the government on both the supply side, which, uh, as I've talked about, is so crucial, but also what I refer to as more on the fairness side as well. There are some things, for example, in this sector that aren't really about supply, but they're about uh, just fairness in the system take leaseholders you know yeah, on, on houses you know the, we've had you know, millions of homes Feudal. that have been sold and these are houses they're yeah. not even people they're not in. flats and they've they're been sold uh, uh, on leasehold and that that really shouldn't have happened and you know i intend to ban that i've set that out i've consulted even retrospectively, on it yeah. secretary of state there are people that have bought new build homes mm. and you know the way the system works particularly in england less so in scotland you have to buy a home you get your mortgage, you've got to make a decision very, very quickly. And the fine print basically locks people into these leaseholds, massive annual charges, and they can't sell their homes. This is disastrous for tens of thousands of families. It's, it's, uh, it's something they've that... they've been missold. Yeah. Well, whether they've been missold or not is, uh, I, I know I want to help more people to actually determine that. And that's one reason we've given more funding to the Leaseholder Advisory Service, which is an independent body that we help finance uh, to, to, to help people with just that. But one thing I think government can certainly do is make sure that no more people are getting locked into these leases that you know, when it comes to houses, you know, it should never really have happened. And on flats where, especially over the last 10 to 15 years, you've seen these really sort of uh, escalating ground rents where, again, there's no economic reason why that this should have happened. This is back to the 20s and 30s, yeah. right? I mean, it's crazy. So, so there's, uh, there's action on many fronts, you know, and uh, and we need to the, 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 keep on with that and uh, and, and show people that you know, this government is doing everything it can to improve the situation. Two final questions. Thank you, Secretary of State. First one, is there an argument that the really big house builders now are too powerful, have too much of the market? Well, uh, there are some people that make that argument. I, I certainly want to see a much more diversified market. I want to see more small and medium-sized builders, and that's why we're helping them in many ways. I've also asked uh, uh, Sir Oliver Letwin to, to do a study into uh, the, what we call the, the, the rate of build-out. You know, so the gap between when, permissions and... Yeah, how once, once you've got final implemental planning permission, 
in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, why did it take so long, in some cases years and years, to actually build those homes? And uh, I, I wait you know, eagerly. Delays are getting longer. It's an independent report, and I, want to, I don't want to prejudge it, but we'll be listening carefully to what he's got to say on this issue. And final question, if you could change one thing about the housing market, if you could make, wave that magic wand, what would you do? <laughs> well, I... I I, I hope I'm already making those changes. I wish I had that magic wand, but uh, I think at the end of the day, it is uh, essentially a supply-side challenge. And we, as a country, we do need to recognize that if you don't release the land in the right places, ultimately you won't get those homes. Secretary of State, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.